VoiceAmerica.com. Eddie George Talk Radio. Good afternoon, and welcome to Radio by George with your host, NFL superstar, Eddie George. For the next hour, Eddie and his guests will enlighten, empower, and entertain you. Now here's the man of the hour, Eddie George. What's up? Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Radio by George, live from New Orleans, Louisiana. I'm your host, Eddie George. And I'm in town to broadcast, that's right, the BCS National Championship game between the Tigers of Louisiana State University and my boys, the Buckeyes of The Ohio State University. Now, New Orleans is the Crescent City. I haven't been here since 2001, since the Super Bowl, but it's been a long time. It's a place where you party, rejoice, but, but as you know, Hurricane Katrina put this city on the world's map. So today, I thought I would do something different. Over the weekend, I walked the streets of this fine city, learning about the joys and the pain, two sides of the same coin. So sit back, relax, and let us begin our journey with Lynette Burris, our tour guide for the French Quarter. Halfway through the show, we'll visit the parts of New Orleans that may have been forgotten. So listen, tell all your friends. This is one show they don't want to miss. I'm Eddie George, and this is Voices of New Orleans. French Governor's Game, two brothers, Iberville and Bienville. The fun is to come back and find and develop this area. At first, they couldn't find the mouth of the Mississippi River. The only person who had found the mouth was... Rob, well, the Mississippi was Robert LaSalle. So the first place they went to when they came in from the Gulf was Mobile, Alabama. They thought that was the mouth of the Mississippi River. Okay. <laughs> I thought something comes out of my head. So they kept trying and trying, and Iberville, the Anvil's brother, finally gave up and said, can't do this anymore. I'm going back to France. He went back to France, but Bienville kept trying, and eventually he found the mouth of the Mississippi River, and he came up the river, like I said earlier, and founded the city. Iberville got a street name after him. We're walking along Iberville. One block over is Bienville, uh-huh. but Bienville is is designated as the founder of the city. Okay, so yeah, we're walking right down into the heart of of the French Quarter, and as you see, people are walking around still. It's, it seems like it never hasn't been touched. It looks great. Like I said, it looks like the the, the whole energy of the city is back, and it's just amazing because this is the tourist part of the city. And uh, had a chance to walk around here down last night, and the bands are playing. The 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 whole essence seems like it's it's. It's back in, 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 the, in, the, in the strength is back in the city. Bourbon Street is where we are now, and Bourbon Street was named after the House of Durbar-Bar, which is where King Louis XIV was from. Most people who walk down Bourbon Street think it's named after the alcohol bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> and 
a raw oyster? A raw? I've had uh, one raw oyster in my lifetime. I just, it's, it's something about, I guess, the uh, the texture of it that I just can't get used to. It says the aphrodisiac, though. Oh, you have to fire a taste for raw oyster. Really? Okay. If you're three years old like I was, and my father sat me on the actor's the bar at the, at the oyster house. Uh-huh and gave you a raw oyster when you were three, then you grow up loving them. <laughs> when you dig a hole here, you get water. Mess. There's no natural stone or anything underneath underneath this land. The ships that came from Europe, from France and Spain, because, of course, we were taken over by Spain, you know, in 19, I mean, in 1864, uh, and the balance from the ships uh -huh. that came across to the ocean to New Orleans to pick up the sugar, the granulated sugar, and the cotton. The ballast that was taken from the ship because then they were filled up with um, sugar cane and not sugar cane, granulated sugar, were thrown off the banks, put on the banks of the Mississippi River, uh -huh. and that's what people would take to pay the streets of the French Quarter. Okay. But remember, in, in 1750, this was all mud, muddy streets. They were carriages and horses. Yeah. The ladies were in their long dresses. They got out of their carriages. And, um, and the bottom of their dresses got all muddy. <laughs> Look at the architecture, Abby. Yeah, yeah, These it's are all individual buildings. And yeah. when the French were here, the family business was on the first floor, and then the family lived above it. So that could have been a doctor's office. And the doctor saw his patients, and then um, the family lived above it. The architecture is, uh, is so unique because I, I guess you have the uh, French, the, French the, the German, um, the Spanish, the Spanish, Spanish all that influence. All that it just seems like uh, New Orleans in itself is a character. You know, you have like, uh, if I were to give the city a color, it would be like a yellow, orange, but also it has that, that, that other side, you know, that purple and that dark side. Trying to talk about the, you know, the the, the myths or the, the mystique of New Orleans where you have the black magic, the, the pirates that used to walk the streets, and what how, how what's, what are some of the stories that well, or the, some of the urban Laveau, myths? Marie Laveau was the priest, priest, priestess of voodoo. There were a lot of priests and priestesses of voodoo, but Marie Laveau was the queen. Mm -hmm. Now, voodoo came from Haiti. There was a um, slave uprising in the island of Haiti, which, and they um, and a lot of the Haitians came here to run from the slavery in Haiti. They brought with them in their hair, the ladies did, the okra seeds. Mm -hmm. And they grew okra here, which is not indigenous to this area, mm -hmm. and they made gumbo. Well, Marie Laveau was the queen. Now, how did she get that reputation? She, by trade, she was a hairdresser. Mm -hmm. And in those day and age, you went into some a lady's home and you had her hair done. She had her hair done. Well, you usually...
recently invited a few of your friends to have their hair done also. Now, what happens when ladies get together, Eddie? <laughs> yeah, they all talk. They all talk. <laughs> so they, they talked, and they talked about who owed money to who, who was sleeping on the couch, uh -huh. who wasn't home last night. <laughs> yeah, you got it. Well, Marie Laveau was a good listener. Go Bucks, baby. Marie Laveau was an excellent listener, just like you, Eddie. And she got the reputation of knowing things that other people didn't know. Mm. And so if you needed a judge to turn your, your um, case to one direction, you would send Marie Laveau. To maybe talk to the judge mm -hmm. and let him know that you might know something about him that would help him influence your case. Mm. Eventually, she found her Catholicism back, and she died and was buried in St. Louis Cemetery Number One on the outskirts of the French Quarter. Uh -huh. And if you go visit her grave and you have a hex you want to put on someone, Ooh. maybe a football team. <laughs> oh, that could be it. You have to mark. I, I said you may have to. Uh, you have move. to mark the, the the tomb three times with a piece of coal with X's. You have to circle the tomb and you have to leave a small donation. Is that right? If you don't leave the small donation, forget about that hex. <laughs> the donation is the key. <laughs> 1762 to 1803, the Spanish ruled New Orleans, and they renamed the street. Calle, because of course Calle is Spanish for street, and this street was Calle Bienville. In about 1964, the Spanish got upset with us and said, you know, y'all have forgotten about us. So the city put up these plaques mm -hmm. to remember the Spanish, because it's called the French Quarter. Yes. But the Spanish had a lot to do with it. Uh-huh. Well, I guess uh, once the, the, uh, the hurricane hit, it, it, none of this was affected. None of this but. was affected. A lot of people stayed who lived here in the French Quarter. Mm -hmm. They tried to get him to leave. The water came very close. It came down Canal Street. Let me get to the phone, huh? But the, but the water wasn't here. A lot of these shops, of course, there was no tourists here. There were mm -hmm. a lot of news people. There were a lot of FEMA government people. And a lot of these stores, which are family businesses, were closed for, for a couple of months. Mm -hmm. And if you've ever been involved in a family business, family businesses usually don't have a lot of capital to keep themselves running. Mm -hmm. So we lost a lot, but you don't see it now, yeah. two years later, because other people filled in. How long did it take before, I guess, the, that feeling that New Orleans was back? Well, you know, how long did it take? Well, there was a convention that came in right about the time I came back, which was November. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't until the... The, uh, but a lot of conventions canceled too. But the tourists came back. The, the, the Europeans, you, you know, we have a big influx of Germans and Australians mm -hmm. and, um, in January and February, and they came back. And of course, the fact that we had our Mardi Gras the next February showed people that we were back in London to work. Mm -hmm. This is the Napoleon House, one of my favorite places. You can get a Pimm's Pub here. It's, um, Napoleon was never here, but they prepared the house for him because he was in exile, and he was going to come. He, he accepted the invitation, and he was going to come, and um, he died before he got here. This is Napoleon. Napoleon, Napoleon. 
Yeah. Yeah, the French, you know, we were friends. Um, sounds like they're having a band down there. Yes. Sounded like a band. You want to go to Jackson Square, see sure. the cathedral? So tell me what life was like for you growing up here as a native. What what was a, uh, a typical day like living in New Orleans? Because growing up in Philadelphia, I, I, I enjoy walking on South Street. We have our rich history up there. We go get a cheesesteak and get a, um, uh, a nice cold pineapple soda. And that was that was a, a great day to go swimming. So what, what was life down here like? Going up in the, in the well, we went to Camellia Grill in the university section and got a hamburger. <laughs> because, of course, there was no McDonald's or anything. But our biggest thrill was when my dad would say at like nine, eight, nine o'clock, we'd be in our pajamas, and he'd say, let's go get some donuts and chocolate milk. And he'd put us all in the in the um, station wagon. He'd let us bring a pillow if we were a little tired. And he'd come down to the French quarter to Cafe Du Monde, which had curb service. Uh-huh. So we could get a, a donut, beignet, not a donut, a beignet and some chocolate milk and sit in the back of the car mm-hmm. and eat it. I don't know what my father was thinking. Then we were really wired up. We didn't go home and go to bed if we had chocolate milk and sugar. Yeah. And then his biggest surprise would be he'd drive us down Bourbon Street. Mm-hmm. So, and he'd hope that we didn't see anything too risque. But I don't know. <laughs> when you, you say know, risque, what would you well, see on Bourbon Street? When, 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 I, I don't know if you saw it, but there is a, a, a place that there's a woman on a, well, there was a live woman on a swing, and she'd swing in and out of the window uh, onto Bourbon Street, which would entice people to come in. Yeah. Well, for years it was a real person. Uh-huh. Now it's a doll. You know, our, our main industry in the New Orleans area is our port. Mm-hmm. The port of New Orleans handles more cargo. It's the second largest port in the city, in the country, mm-hmm. for its grain. And a lot of people are employed by the Port of New Orleans, longshoremen, um, port directors, port, you know, grain operators, grain elevator operators, whatever. Our second major major industry is tourism. Mm-hmm. So the tourism was very important when the city was trying to come back. Mm-hmm. So it had to right right when. I guess uh, the city was back open. The people, you know, left and came back. It was very important for them to try to get back and, and get the shops open and get back in the feet because that was the, the heart, that was the economy of the city. Right. Exactly. And, uh, you know, for a while there, there wasn't a lot of flights coming in, but there were several conventions that didn't cancel and got in and spent the money that needed to be spent so that these shops could be open. More of the Radio by George special program, Voices of New Orleans, when we return. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! 
If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. The Kerry Douglas Show, with the CEO of Worldwide Music Incorporated and the founder and publisher of Gospel Truth Magazine, Kerry Douglas. By tuning in weekly, you will gain insight, tips, and tools to help get your career started. From how to market yourself to distribution of your product, learn the power of faith-based marketing and much more on The Kerry Douglas Show. Join Kerry each week with guests from the gospel music industry, entrepreneurs, speakers, and authors as they discuss faith-based news, events, and trends. The Kerry Douglas Show with Carrie Douglas broadcasts each Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern, and is brought to you by Gospel Truth Magazine and Worldwide Music Incorporated on the Voice America channel. The Carrie Douglas Show with Carrie Douglas, your premier source for faith based entertainment, news, events, and trends. There is a difference between someone who lets life happen to them and someone who steps up and makes things happen. That person is a player, not just in the realm of athletics, but in all aspects of life. Are you ready to step up? Are you ready to start on a journey to a new lifestyle that will make you stronger, healthier, and more confident? Are you ready to be a player? Then explore the EGX experience at www.egxlifestyle.com. Let Eddie George help get your mind, body, and spirit fused and focused. If you're ready, log on to egxlifestyle.com to begin a journey to a better life through exercise, diet, and wellness. Join with Eddie George to create a personal plan for your success, and he'll help you discover the best you can be. Visit egxlifestyle.com and begin your journey with greatness today. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You're listening to Radio by George with your host, Eddie George. If you have a question for Eddie or his guest or would like to simply join the conversation, call now. The toll-free number is 1-866-472-5788. That number again, 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to Radio by George. We now return you to the Radio by George special program, Voices of New Orleans. Center of the original city. Mm-hmm. This is where the soldiers would march and would watch what ships were coming up the Mississippi River. Ah. So we're going to go that way. Okay. But this was the, you know, of course the French were very Catholic, so they built the cathedral. And there's Andrew Jackson. Uh, our heroes in the Battle of New Orleans, Andrew Jackson, and the and the French and the Spanish men who lived here, and some pirates, John Lafitte, went down the mouth of the Mississippi River and they battled the British mm-hmm. in 1812. And if Andrew Jackson hadn't gotten help, some historians would say from the pirates, we'd all be drinking English tea. <laughs> So if, if, if pirates were going to come in, or, or if they were protecting the city, the only one way they could come in is this way? Well, that's a good question, Eddie. Yeah. One of the reasons the French picked 
this area was there is a back door. If you go through Lake Pontch through the bayous, uh -huh. through Lake Pontchartrain to Lake Marple, you hit the Gulf of Mexico. Yeah. So if you didn't like who was coming up the Mississippi River, you or somebody was chasing you and you needed to get out of here without being seen, that's the way you would go, out the back door. Ah. But that's our problem. We're surrounded by water. <laughs> with the Natchez New Orleans Steamboat Company. Uh-huh. It's a great little ride. See the river, see the, all the docks and the ports. And this is the Mississippi we're coming up on right, right. now, right? Mississippi River. <laughs> and this is, a, this is where, you know, and they built it up so you could see the river. I mean, for years, when I was a kid, the only time I saw the river was when I crossed the Mississippi River Bridge. with Katrina. The problem with Katrina was the canals that connected the waterways, the river and the lake, and it was the lake and the swamplands and the gulf. Okay. The settlers knew that the land by the river was, was um, high, high, and that's why they settled here. So On right now, we're only two feet above sea level at this point. Exactly. It's the highest point. Down by the Mississippi River, it's about eight feet above sea level. Okay. But then as you leave the river area and you head toward the lake, that's when it goes down and you're at the bottom of the boat. Also, I don't know what it is about our oysters, but I've had oysters. 
You know, I'll try, I'll try an oyster. I'll, I think, I think it'll be fitting if we have one oyster to end off our tour. Oh, yeah. Oyster. Yeah, we'll have one oyster. Oh have have God, no! Let me have no, one. Then I'll have three, and y'all can eat them one. All right, so that's how we we'll end our tour. We'll have an oyster suck down. Well, this today I'll be over here in a flag football game. Right now, time we got Archie and New York coming up shortly as well as Charles White. through New Orleans without being seen? Just on the waterway. Just on the waterway. We have to do it at night. I think we've proved to people that we let the good times roll, but we're also very hard working. And, um... You play hard. We build this city no matter what it takes and no matter how long it takes. So, so really, the storyline here is this is a resilient city. Right. Regardless of hurricanes and... Right. What comes through here, you're not going to leave, you're going to rebuild. And, and although people, you know what you're getting into as far as where you're living here. Right. Hey, that's the resilience. Mm -hmm. So what would you say on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the best, where New Orleans is at presently, right now, in terms of recovery? Well... For the tourists, we're at an eight. You know, we don't have all the hotel rooms, mm -hmm. but we're at an eight because they're able to come in and spend their money and see the French Quarter. For the people who are still living in areas who are still waiting for contractors, honest contractors, to rebuild their homes, then they're at a four or five. You know, there's 150,000 people in Orleans Parish alone that are still not back. Mm -hmm. Now, some of them may not be coming back, but I'd say 100,000 of them want to come back. Mm -hmm. They just have no place to live. So that that part of it, you know, we're at a four. But it's a, it's 
it's a, you know, it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. It is a marathon. You have to take it slow. Hey, what's up, man? How you doing? How you doing? This is uh, a telecast from Radio by George, and we want to get the... I hear about the oysters down here in New Orleans, so I wanted to get a little taste of it. Half dozen? Half dozen. The greatest oysters in town, huh? That's the So the horse red, so this is uh this is definitely a part of the culture of New Orleans. I've had oysters all over the country. You know what you get? You eat oysters at the ice cream Right. 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 It's big too. Yeah, just six. All right. These people in the This is a couple right here. Integrated cockroach. You mm-hmm. said what? Integrated cockroach. When the dog's black or brown, you call it a cockroach. Oh, don't say that. <laughs> All right. How do you do it? All right. Here you go. So is it the sauce that makes it the best? It's all about the sauce. Yeah, I mean, they need the sauce. Yeah. And y'all don't wash them, do you? No. You don't like washing them? You don't like washing them? You don't wash them? No, the wash the outside of the shell. For the grip. For the grip. You know what? <laughs> That's not bad. All right. That's not bad. The sauce is hot. Finally, I got the chance to walk the ninth ward. I stopped at a construction site next to a church and talked to several people there. What they had to say about the city is coming up next on Radio by George, Voices of New Orleans. All we do is talk. Yeah! If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. 
There is a difference between someone who lets life happen to them and someone who steps up and makes things happen. That person is a player, not just in the realm of athletics, but in all aspects of life. Are you ready to step up? Are you ready to start on a journey to a new lifestyle that will make you stronger, healthier, and more confident? Are you ready to be a player? Then explore the EGX experience at www.egxlifestyle.com. Let Eddie George help get your mind, body, and spirit fused and focused. If you're ready, log on to egxlifestyle.com to begin a journey to a better life through exercise, diet, and wellness. Join with Eddie George to create a personal plan for your success, and he'll help you discover the best you can be. Visit egxlifestyle.com and begin your journey with greatness today. Everything you want, everything you want to do, and everything you want to have is right at your fingertips. People think that accomplishing your goals has to be difficult. Guess what? It doesn't. All you need are the right tools and a map. And that is what author, professional speaker, and now talk radio host Charmin Lane is offering you. Join Charmin Wednesday afternoons at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel for success made simple. VoiceAmerica.com You're listening to Radio by George with your host, Eddie George. If you have a question for Eddie or his guest or would like to simply join the conversation, call now. The toll-free number is 1-866-472-5788. That number again, 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to Radio by George. We now return you to the Radio by George special program, Voices of New Orleans. The next morning, after the storm, people, actually the, the headlines of the newspaper said we dodged a bullet. And then, uh, if, if you look, look to the right, to my right, the house on the corner up here, you can see the water line on the house. Right, right here. That's the water level? Yes, sir. Now, that's where it settled. It got higher than that. That's where it stayed for weeks. What happened was the, uh, the surge from, from the tidal surge coming into the lake, and, uh, and all our water, as we pump it out, these 22 pumping stations, it pumps it into the lake. But the water was coming in, into the canals that we use as an outlet, and it put pressure on the levees, and the levees just collapsed. There was four different levees that collapsed. After we do the, uh, the little playground, I'll, I'll show you the little spots where, where the levee broke, if you like. Yeah. And to show you the vastness, how it was not just poor people, but you'll see million-dollar mansions. I mean, you, you'll, you'll see all middle-class neighborhoods, 6, 8, 10, 12 feet of water. But we still have just about half the population back. There's basically no place to live. I mean, if you just tried to remodel a, a bedroom in your house or a kitchen, you know, it takes you a month, two months, three months. But you try to redo 150,000 homes. It's a decade's worth of work. We are currently in New Orleans uh, at this project that we're working on with the Edge Group, and right now I'm inside of a gym of uh, the Boys and Girls Club, and it is be here in the midst of it is 
amazing. I mean, there's debris everywhere, uh, old trophies on um, the stage of accomplishments that uh, tarnished the snow is uh, old and sad, man. It's really sad. But uh, the beautiful thing is that we have people just outside the doors working on rebuilding this community. But to be in here and to be in the midst of it is uh, very powerful. Wow. And it's been two and a half years since the devastation, since the uh, hurricane. And uh, it's very poignant. The kids were in here and they had dreams and inspiration to succeed and probably in sports, but this place no longer exists to facilitate their dreams. At least right now, anyway. Alright, right now I'm here with uh, Keith Key, a developer for uh, the project that we're working on. So, Keith, tell me. Tell me exactly what's going on here. This is a project that was built in the 1940s. It's the largest public housing in uh, Louisiana, 1,546 units. It's uh, four stories, two stories, all brick uh, development. It was partly uh, vacated by the hurricane. Uh, demolition has already begun on the first phase, which will actually allow us to build a replacement of about 410 units that will all be mixed income, so it will have some for public housing, some for affordable, and some for market rate tenants. Mm -hmm. We're putting a quarter of a billion dollars in development proceeds into the redevelopment of this property. So it is the largest uh, redevelopment project right now going on in the country. Mm. Wow. So uh, what phase are you in right now? We're just you're starting in the first phase, correct? Demolition has already begun. Uh, we started demolishing uh, a portion of the site as we speak. We're going to demolish about 48 total buildings to complete uh, phase one of the project. And the second phase of that project is going to be another uh, 25 or so buildings. So when it's all said and done, we're going to be developing about 60 acres of land. And the 60 acres of land will become one of the marquee locations in New Orleans and one of the largest, really, redevelopment anchors in New Orleans since the hurricane. Now, how has it been working with or trying to do the development work down the city? Have you gotten much resistance or... A uh, tremendous amount of help from the city, or, or how's that how's that process been? It's been a unique process. I mean, when we came here, the one thing that's important for us in every city we do development in is that the community wants us to be here. So we met with the community actually prior to us bidding on the project, and the community selected us as their developers. So when the project actually was up for award, we actually applied for the project with the community, and uh, we were selected as the developer. There's been a lot of national challenges you may have heard on the press, and CNN had did some coverage on the uh, city council meeting. And there are some advocates across the country who really um, are against the demolish, uh, demolishing some of the units in the city. 
but this particular project had really no opposition because, again, this is what the residents want. And really, the residents are really trying to make sure they have a voice and a say-so in their future. And we've made sure that by including them in part of our team. Now, this is, is this pretty much deserted, Keith? No, we have... Uh, about almost 300 residents still staying on the site. And, again, there was 1,546 units, so 300 residents still live here. Um, and they live in the portion of the site that wasn't as demolished as much. The best part about B.W. Cooper, they have a resident management corporation. Mm -hmm. So prior to the hurricane, they had about 45 people on staff who were all part of the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. So after Hurricane Katrina took place, they really did a great job in databasing and keeping track of all the residents who lived here prior to the hurricane and where they are today. So residents who want to come back to uh, B.W. Cooper, we have their information. They get our newsletters. Mm -hmm. We keep them informed. We have community meetings. We have a community meeting actually on, on Wednesday um, night, and we're going to meet with the neighborhood again, show them some of the great landscape architect work That's that right. your firm did, <laughs> and also Moody Nolan. So we're in yep. great shape. So in about five years from now, what will this be, what we're looking at right now? In five years from now, this will be a neighborhood that will rival any community in the country, mm -hmm. not just public housing or affordable housing neighborhood, but any neighborhood. And that's why building and working on this community center has been important because every neighborhood needs a place for kids to play safely, kids to grow and mature and, and to healthy adults. This community really creates an environment now for people who can grow up and they can get to meet their neighbor. Um, so a kid who may be in public housing may be living next to a person who's a doctor or a lawyer. And that's what communities should be about is creating mixed neighborhood opportunities where there's no division based on economics. Now, when you first got here, Keith, um, was it was it like this? The president, I mean, was it in this state? It was in this state and worse. I mean, a lot of the resident management corporation did a good job of gutting some of the units and making sure that they, you know, eradicated some of the problems that would occur that would be even more devastating beyond the the ravage of the bricks and sticks. If you didn't get the decay out, you start having vermin and you start having all types of other issues that will become an environmental concern. So the okay. environmental issue became number one in terms of the resident management corporation trying to at least curtail that. So that piece has been done well. So now it's just really vacant units that's really all just bricks and, and mortar, and now removing that is going to be a task. Because although these were built in the 1940s, this is some of the best and most durable construction that was ever done in America. So as you can see out here now, looking at these buildings, yeah. all brickwork, I mean, the amount of brick that's been done here probably is more brick than I've seen in any property in the country. Okay. Well, thanks, Keith. I thank you for, for your time and talking about the project. And it's just good to, to see the stories of how you're rebuilding, especially in this, in this community mm -hmm. and, and truly making a difference. Talking with Keith Keith from KBK, great developer out of Columbus, Ohio, and also a partner on this team. That's right. That's right. So I uh, appreciate the time, man. Right, thank man. you very much. Appreciate man. it. Take care. We are uh, right now in the Lower Ninth Ward uh, by the Industrial Canal, where uh, the devastation was at its biggest impact. And what I'm looking at right now um, is the foundation of somebody's home, uh, 1608, uh, House 1608, that's the address. And it's amazing, all there is here is just the steps and no house, but there's a statue of the Blessed Mother with a seashell surrounding her as a sign of hope. Incredible. Incredible. 
see it on the television, you know, it, it's dramatic. But when you see it in person, uh, it just hits you because it is at least biblical in proportion. It's the only only word to describe. Uh, and actually, when it's done for the city, are horrible things. But at the same time, the people that are here, they're only about half of us back. Uh, but we're, we're so excited about our city because everything that's wonderful and charming and delightful is basically intact. It's just where we live that's really messed up. But the spirit and, and, and the desire and the love that people have here. Uh, <laughs> people have been so kind to us. It's just been absolutely amazing. Uh, just like yourself, you come down here. Uh, uh, people are just doing such great deeds, and, and they do it anonymously. Mm-hmm. Like the Lone Ranger, they come down, they'll spend a week, got a house, fix a park uh, for the children, uh, bring books for the library, and then then they leave. Yeah. Uh, it's just absolutely, it just makes you feel so proud. A priest friend of mine uh, out in, in, well, not far from here, uh, you know, he stayed and uh, and he saw an alligator eating a buffet. Oh. He saw an alligator eating eating one of the bodies. Uh, this was a priest friend of mine. And uh, he's, uh, he, he had to retire. It, 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 it affected him so much that uh, you know he, he couldn't go on preaching. Wow. You wouldn't think that that you wouldn't. This does not look like you were in the United States of America. More of the Radio by George special program, Voices of New Orleans, when we return. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787, Hello? and ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. There is a difference between someone who lets life happen to them and someone who steps up and makes things happen. That person is a player, not just in the realm of athletics, but in all aspects of life. Are you ready to step up? Are you ready to start on a journey to a new lifestyle that will make you stronger, healthier, and more confident? Are you ready to be a player? Then explore the EGX experience at www.egxlifestyle.com. Let Eddie George help get your mind, body, and spirit fused and focused. If you're ready, log on to egxlifestyle.com to begin a journey to a better life through exercise, diet, and wellness. Join with Eddie George to create a personal plan for your success, and he'll help you discover the best you can be. Visit egxlifestyle.com and begin your journey with greatness today. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You're listening to Radio by George with your host, Eddie George. If you have a question for Eddie or his guest or would like to simply join the conversation, call now. The toll-free number is 1-866-472-5788. That number again, 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to Radio by George. 
We now return you to the Radio by George special program, Voices of New Orleans. Hey, what's up, man? How you doing, man? How's everything going? Good. My house looks good. Yeah, yeah, Camilla, how's everything coming, man? It's going pretty good. Oh, it looks great. I ain't mad at them no more, me. They, they did right by me. Oh, really? Yeah. I was one of the first people they helped. I was kind of surprised. But it did take a long time. How long did it take? This, this month I've been in that FEMA trailer for two years. You've been in the FEMA trailer? What's your name? My name is Gary. Gary, okay. You've been in the FEMA trailer for two years. This month. Wow, how's it how's it been transition wise? Just give me a, a general feel. I mean, cause you know, driving around it felt like it kind of felt like they just didn't really care about us. Mm-hmm. That's the way it felt to me. Like they just didn't care about us, and they didn't care about anything about helping us. Mm-hmm. And it still feel like that sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Out of everything that happened, this probably was the, the left worst. In January of 06, my dad passed away. In February of 06, my mama passed away. In mm-hmm. April of 06, my wife said she wasn't coming back, so we got a divorce. And in June of 06, they said I had diabetes. Besides this, besides this, 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 Yes, you do. The, the wood, the mahogany door, it was yeah, good, man. Yeah, it's good. I got to say that. But for a minute, like I said, it just looked like nobody cared. Uh-huh. But how about the, the neighborhood in general? How's it? How's it? I, from what I hear and, 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 and talking to people, New Orleans is a proud people that love the neighborhood. And it seems like we're driving around here, it seems like the spirit... This is actually a wonderful place to live. Yeah. Everybody's friendly. I, I, my neighbor, that she was from New York, and and I was telling her, you, it, it's different from New York. And she said, Yeah, I've been knowing my, I've been living next door to my neighbor, and I, I don't even know him. I've been living there 20 years. I say people in there, people walk by and just speak to you. You can be in the store walking around, and people yeah. just say, How you doing? And it, it's just friendly like that here. Yeah. It is. That's the way it is here. Yeah, I love New Orleans. There's no reason to go anywhere else. Stuff happens everywhere. Yeah. Like California, the fires and earthquakes and other places and tornadoes. One good thing about a hurricane, you know it's coming a week ahead of time. Yeah. And you got time to leave. Yeah. So. He lost pretty much everything. Huh? Yeah. I'm just, I'm, like I said at one time, it just seemed like nobody came. Mm-hmm. I just assumed it was because we was black. Yeah. So what's your perception now? I'm not mad at them anymore. It's, I still feel the same way about that, but they helped me, so I'm not mad at them. You want to come in and look? Yeah, I do.
most of the lots are long, but they they skinny but yeah. long. So this house is skinny, but it's really long. This is why I told you my mama passed away. This was furniture came out of the house. So I'm, I'm planning on getting rid of it, but I was just keeping it for now. Oh, um, wow. and this is supposed to be my daughter room. Excuse the curtains. Yeah, you know, we coming along. Yeah. And like like I was telling you about my contractor. He do all of this by hand. He did all of this by hand. And the floors and stuff, he, he really good at it. Actually, he used to play for the Buffalo Bills. Really? Yeah. I'm glad I, I'm glad I got him. And this was furnished out of my mom's house, too. He was just like I got in here. And I was just trying to keep it just to, Yeah. You know, I'm going to put a picture up on the wall because and, and, she was a real good mother. Yeah. That's not what you need. We need people not to forget. Because everybody just for some reason they get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's gonna be a long time before it's okay. Yeah. Come so, man. You blessed, man. All right. So right now we, we, you know, we were just driving around the city, and um, I haven't been here since 2001, since the Super Bowl, uh, and uh, just driving around the French Quarter looks impeccable and nice and yeah. for the tourists but when we came in these neighborhoods it still looks like the devastation is, is un- unbelievable you see it in a good state right now mm-hmm. this is a good state this is yeah. a good state it has come from extremely long way no so how has the uh, the process been slow but steady uh-huh. yeah slow but steady uh, we have a group that's called uh, the Holy Cross Neighborhood Association mm-hmm it's a group of concerned citizens in the neighborhood, and they have been doing a lot of work to uh, revitalize the neighborhood. So That's people have been helping. The, people have been helping all the time. Well, yeah. well, not the government so much. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, the government the government has not yet come up to their total responsibility. One of the big things that's going around now is that FEMA. One of FEMA requirements is that you have to have the electric bill in your name. In order for FEMA to help you. Okay, the problem with that is most of these housing that people are living in is from their grandparents bought the house. So when they pass it down, they saw no need to change the electric bill in their name. They just paid it. Mm-hmm. But FEMA said that disqualifies you because it's not in your name. Some of some of my parishioners, as well as just some people in the neighborhood, have expressed this from me, this to me. They wonder how much complication, how much red tape. How much paperwork do the people of Iraq have to go through to get their place rebuilt? Mm. Obviously none. And we have spent over $400 billion, I think, somewhere in that neighborhood in there and continuing to spend more money. And we just pour money into that country, and we're trying to find ways not to help people that are supporting the funds that are going to Iraq. Because people pay taxes. So, you know, rightfully do, they're not getting it. Mm. You know, so that's that's the federal government, wow. and unfortunately, state government, and sometimes city government. You know, wow. uh, so we're 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 very concerned about those things. If the Corps of Engineers was responsible for the levees levees breaking across the town, then the federal government should have just stepped in and hired a multitude of contractors, just come in and put everybody right back where they was, indemnify, put you back exactly the way you were, and that would have been fine. That way the people didn't have to deal with the problems that they're confronting now. Contractors ripping them off. This is a con- I have a member just right here in this church. Got ripped off for like $60,000. They gave the contractor that money. He came and did a little work for two or three days and he disappeared. 
So he's gone with their money. They're on the way yet. That's a show. So that's 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 a regular thing that's happening, especially here in Lower Nine. Mm-hmm. It's happening all across New Orleans, but especially in this area. Mm-hmm. And taking advantage of people who don't know how to deal with contractors. They don't know you don't give a person forty, sixty thousand dollars at one time. No, you yeah. don't do that. You know, but the people are telling them to do the job to revitalize their home. It's going to take one hundred twenty, hundred thirty, hundred forty thousand dollars. They want half up front before yeah. they even get started. So these people are so desperate to get back in their homes, they're giving people this kind of money. And unfortunately, they're taking off with it. They don't address the children. I'm a foster parent. Yes, ma'am. And I also serve on the Louisiana foster board, mm-hmm. foster parent board. Uh, when we came back and before we went back, we had a lot of issues with the children, mental. And right now it's worse mm-hmm. with the kids trying to adjust. Because they have been moved from several yeah. different homes. Some of them uh, was returned back to the state. And they had an article in uh, a national newspaper. This child was an A student, and he had gone through a lot. And he had reached the age of 18, close to 18, and they had returned him uh, back to the state. And they was trying to raise money for him to go to, uh, I think, Germany somewhere for a scholarship, for uh, a fellowship for a few months. But that is an issue in uh, just trying to take care of the children and getting them back in their home. When we would come across that bridge, my daughter, she couldn't look mm. at the empty spaces where the bread pit uh, pink houses are. Mm-hmm. And she couldn't look anymore. And my son, he couldn't come down and help us to gut the house. But right now he's at the house pulling out the nails. So we are in the process of trying to get back. Yeah. But it's slow, slow, slow. Yeah. And we, in the bottom line, we just can't depend on the government. And thank goodness for Holy Cross uh, Association that we hold a meeting right here. We're informed on a lot of issues. Mm-hmm. And stuff. But my biggest issue are the children. Yes, sir. Yeah, in yes, education and everything. I am just so stressed out. I'm 65 years old. I work for the state. Um, right now, I'm in the draft program and hope to come out next year in all in uh, October. But this is so devastating. It's so emotional. You know, it keeps you so emotional, upset because. You say you want me to come home. Well, how can I come home? And the, li- the least thing that the city can do is tear the house down for me. So as you can see, in the city of New Orleans, progress is judged by who you are and, yes, where you are. I'd like to thank Reverend Sy at the 107-year-old Greater Little Zion Missionary Baptist Church in the Lower Ninth Ward for their comments and hospitality. All right, I'm out for now, but I may see you in your city soon. So that's my word. I'm Eddie George, and I'm out. Peace. We hope you have enjoyed this week's episode of Radio by George. If you have a question or comment for Eddie and just can't wait until next Monday, you can email him at info at radiobygeorge.com. Selected emails will be read on the air so your voice can be heard worldwide. Be sure to listen live every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America channel. See you next week.